but... got a couple other KLOS questions, if you don't mind. Yes. Nope. Um, you said earlier that um, when you were being hired after a year playing hard to get, that um, you said you'd only do it if you could do it with Sluggo. Yes. Did Keith have other ideas of where to stick you in there, so to speak, or, or did he also think that that was how it was going to be? Um, interesting. No, I think, I think I just said, I'll only do it if I can do it with Sluggo and Sluggo was in the afternoon. So I think that's, was his only plan. I think he wanted to give me the benefit of the doubt and see how it worked out. And then maybe we change it up or whatever, but. So he's not, he wasn't going to stick you in the morning and replace Mark. Oh, no, no, I was not going to work in the morning. Or is it Mark and Brian, or who's on there now? Heidi and Frank. Heidi and Frank and Frosty and Jimbo and Cletus. It's a big deal. I did have a caller who called in and said, oh, he hated me. Wow, he hated me. Oh, you came over here from, what did he say? You came over here from that station with the foo-foo music. That's what he called it. And he was <laughs> so mad that I was there and I was ruining the station and it was pretty cartoonish, so we played it a couple times. Did that guy call today with the uh, offering or talking about balls in your mouth? Uh, he did not, but that guy calls every day. And we love it because we never see it coming. He's hilarious. You have your own Santa Monica guy. Yeah. Yes, it's the exact same thing. <laughs> we'll be Sam? doing a topic and he'll call in and say, yeah, you know, my, my only regret is I didn't get to put my balls in your mouth. And then we die laughing. <laughs> So on that, when you're taking calls, you're not necessarily screening them, but you're kind of editing them afterwards? Yes. At least in this job, we are. At K-Rock, we had phone screeners and they would pick up and, and make sure that they were interesting stories and then we would take them. But here we just record them all. We don't even have phone screeners, so we just record everything and cut out stuff that needs to be cut out. Sometimes beep stuff that needs to be beeped. And then we play it. And Sluggo does that. And he's really great at it. How much time does he generally do that in? Um, I mean, we, ha we play a decent amount of commercials. And the songs are quite long. Oh, okay. Um, but he's incredibly fast at it. When, when I went in, I said, look, I ran the controls for 30 years. It's a pain in the ass. I don't want to do it anymore. And he said, great. That's, I want to do it. And I said, fantastic. You can do it but he's really better at it than I was. So that makes me very happy. So um, when you are playing music or like playing commercials, what are you guys generally doing? I am getting ready for the next thing, whatever it is. I have a, a sheet that has all the stories on it and all the information. And I go through and highlight the important stuff. So it doesn't sound like I'm reading too much. Um, most of the time we're busy. So most of the time I don't hear the music even, except for new songs that we come out of because then we talk about it. But yeah, most of the time we're just trying to figure out what's next and what angle we have. And today we talked to Danny Elfman, which was awesome. He's the greatest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you going to be able to go to the Halloween thing? Of course. <laughs> so great. I'm so and jealous. And now it's Halloween night now. So it's 29th oh, nice. and 31st now. That's so wow. exciting. Yeah, he's uh, something. I was very excited because off the air, 
I said, Danny, thanks for calling in. It's always great to talk to you. And he said, anytime, bro. And then he hung up and I was like, Danny Yelpin just called me bro. Woo! <laughs> Didn't he say that, that he, it was going to be his last one of those like six or seven years ago? He's not a guy who likes to repeat himself. So that's why he doesn't want to go back to Boingo. That's why he stopped doing those shows because once it becomes automatic that everyone expected him to play Irvine Meadows on Halloween, that rubs him the wrong way and he doesn't like that. So, you know, that's why he took a year off down at Irvine and that's, but he hasn't, he told us today he hasn't performed live in two years. So he's really, and this is a different venue. It's not the Hollywood Bowl. They're doing it at Bank of California Stadium. So he said he was really excited about it. So, Kevin, do you think uh, the show might ever go out and do a live event or live appearance? Um, that's a good question because Sluggo doesn't like those. Wow. He doesn't, he's sort of like Bean and that he doesn't like people a lot. Um, and Dean always was, he was a trooper, man. He would show up to those events and people would get drunk and would be annoying. And especially to him, because he doesn't like that many people and he would be a champ. He would say hi to everybody. He would talk to drunk people all day. And I just knew like, oh, he's so miserable right now, but he was really good at it. But Sluggo's sort of the same way. Okay, so uh, the suggestion was that Ralph had thrown out there to do, when everything gets back to normal, to do a live show of the Ralph Report in Las Vegas. And so on the social club, I said, all of the KBCU goes to Las Vegas. So you and Sluggo could just do the five o'clock or the Friday show from three to seven, be done for the weekend. And then Ralph could do the Ralph Report. Alvin Bean could do that janky town hell we could even bring in kevin smith to do whatever he does these days right and just make a weekend out of it people on the social club are like oh hell yes how do we make it happen so that could be something in the future i um, would absolutely do it from vegas that would be right? fun yeah I sluggo really loves fun. vegas too right he does yes yeah the kevin the kevin and sluggo party bus just... no 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 <laughs> kevin and Dean Con. i have taken my last bus to vegas <laughs> <laughs> those are brutal because everybody drinks so hard and then yeah. you get about halfway there and you're like oh i'm so tired are we there yet <laughs> i can just imagine you broadcasting live from like multiple different poker tables just moving around vegas and annoying people <laughs> yeah that's what i well, do best. from a scheduling standpoint i think if kevin and sluggo can just do the friday afternoon three to seven all requests, whatever from Vegas, and then they're off the rest of the weekend. And let Ralph and everyone else handle everything else. Then I think <laughs> it would work. I like the way you're talking. That would be fun. <laughs> we get Omar can DJ the parties on the uh, at night, right? That would be fun. I would do that in a second. Oh uh, yeah. Um, so speaking of the social club on Facebook, I know you're on there. So what kind of experience do you have, like? Can you talk about being on there and interacting with fans? Do you do you generally just lurk on it or do you like talking to people? <laughs> do I lurk? Um, that's a weird thing because people there like me too much. And so it's and I don't I'm not saying that at all cocky, but I just don't know how to handle that. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So I don't go on it a lot, but I do go on it occasionally. 
but it's just um it's just if they were not fans of mine i would be there all day but they are so then it's like oh well now i don't know how to respond to people because they're being nice to me you can start up a a subgroup of of people that didn't really like you that much that one i would that one i would go through (laughs) anti-social club we're gonna start that. You can come on that. We'll insult. I mean, I'm really, I'm, I'm super grateful that they're there and that they're having fun. And I just feel like I want to hide um, because I know how much I should be liked, and it's not that much. It's always been the same. It's Bean and I both are willing to shine the spotlight on ourselves as long as we're making fun of ourselves. <laughs> and. But anytime somebody shines a spotlight on us for real, for something real, then it feels wrong. Not wrong, just, I don't know. It just feels misplaced. However, I think uh, when Bean shined the spotlight on his own mental health struggles, I thought that was pretty amazing. And That was, because he's not that person. Yeah. Yeah, that was. And that was really difficult because that was the year leading up to when he was quitting. And so everybody was coming up with an idea for what our final show should be. And he was just not in a place to have it. So he finally agreed to the breakfast with Green Day, but reluctantly because it's, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with us, but he doesn't like the spotlight shining on him for anything real. And neither do I. And it's sort of weird that we have that job. Well, I think it's that quirk that really helped make the show great too, because um, everybody talks about how you let everybody else shine on the show. That's something that Ralph, Ali, everybody that's been on the show said, you guys don't take spotlight. You guys let them do their thing and shine. Yeah. So, I, uh, I never understood that because I've told Ali this too, and she's really kind when she says that, but doesn't it, isn't it good for us if they shine like our names are on the door. So if Ralph is great doing something or Ali's great doing something or Jimmy Kimmel back in the day, like why, even if we were totally self-centered, why wouldn't we want that? That seems like it's a great opportunity to have somebody else make good radio and not be on our shoulders. And it was great. I don't understand that. Well, we interviewed this guy, Kevin Stockdale, like uh, last week. The day. <laughs> and he, um, we talked about some Rick D's stories. And uh, there was a, a Rick D's clip that Eddie brought in where Rick D's was shocked and his son was shocked that they, there was people that didn't like Rick D's and didn't want to listen to Rick D's. And I think that's kind of more of the pervasive personality in, in radio and entertainment is that they're like, why can't, why? How can you not believe I'm great? You know, no, that's something that I learned really early, which is you can't make everyone happy. You, it doesn't matter. Like I was very naive when I started, I thought I'm going to make everyone happy because I'm in a good mood and, and whatever. And you learn quickly that there are people who hate you and they're not wrong. They just don't have the same sense of humor. So it's important to find your people which I think we did and our people had our sense of humor and it was okay that everyone didn't, but that took me a little while to learn like, Oh, people can hate me and it's fine. That took a long time. 
because I'm slow. (laughs) You know, speaking of Rick Dees and other radio guys, I've always been curious. I mean, in your career, you you were in L.A., the biggest market there is, you know, Hollywood and everything. Did you ever run across the other DJs at the time? Did you have some you liked, some shows you liked? Not really, because of because our show was so all all consuming. We didn't really. And we didn't, there wasn't really any place that we could hang out with them, except for we did find out that Rick Dees was in the building next to us and we would go eat lunch there because he would eat lunch there. So we would, to torture him, that's what we would do. But other than that, I don't think there's any, I don't think there was much of an opportunity to do that because it was a very all-consuming job. I did see Rick Dees at a Christmas party and I'm writing about that in my book, which is... I thought, okay, I tortured, this is after he was gone. I tortured this guy on purpose. And I'm going to avoid him because this is at someone else's house. This is not my party. It's someone else's party. So I'm going to go sit in the back corner. And somebody that knew how much we tortured him brought him over to say hi to the table. And he was so, he was just so Ricky's. He's just so fake. And handing out um, business cards that were calendars for the next year. And he said, um, and I, because my kids were with me, I thought, well, maybe I should apologize to him because we did go over the line a bunch with him. And so that's what I'm going to do because my kids are here and they should see that. And so I apologized to him and he, you know, lied. Oh yeah, it was great. I loved every minute of it. And then he said these magic words. Well, I guess she's done with me, so I'm going to move on. And I looked, and it was my one of my daughters who was rolling her eyes when he was talking because it was just so not sincere. And I looked at her. I was like, did you roll your eyes? And she said, yes, I, I can't take that guy. <laughs> I was like, yeah, same. I met Rick Dees when he was at a, a children's radio station uh, at the UCI Medical Center. They're opening up a little radio studio for kids. And he was there. And I thought, oh, my God. And I was just like, I don't want to have it, you know, and I didn't want to run across him. And I was in the corner and he eventually worked his way over and came up to me and introduced himself. And he couldn't not have been nicer. Granted, we weren't around a bunch of radio personalities. And oh, a bunch no, of listen, I know that he's that's his thing. That's his shtick. Yeah. No one's always that nice. They just aren't. You have a bad day or whatever. You just nobody's that nice what about seacrest he was pretty uh tight with you guys at the beginning and then his ego swelled or um chilled on him i didn't have as much a problem with him as i did with rick Dees because he seems like he's genuine he's him how about richard simmons is he genuine (laughs) yes I wish I had the audio from it, but I do have the audio of you guys retelling the story about he was so angry at you one time that he went in the street and laid down in traffic or something like that. Yep. He stopped traffic. He was like, just run over me then. Just run over me. And we were like, come on, run over him. No one did. We should have noticed the signs earlier. And now he's, you know, whatever's going on with his his life. Yeah, but we went to one of his exercise classes. That's when that happened. Yeah, Fantastic. I have a question about your cast of Zanies, you know, the yes. Armenian comedian, Doto, Nick. You guys were so good. I think with anyone else, that would be the worst radio ever, but it was gold. How did you cultivate those guys? How You had such a way with them. I don't, that's a tough question because 
we never knew if it was great radio. We knew that they made us laugh. But for the Armenian comedian specifically, there were a lot of people who changed the radio station the second he came on. And we knew that. And I don't know why that made me happy, but it did. So I would like bring him on probably too much. And Bean would vote that we have him on not quite as much. I don't know. I, I don't I don't know how to answer that. We were genuinely fascinated with them. You're you're trying to get them on every day. And yeah. what Bean's like saying once every 10 years. So what did you guys do? Did you vote? Did you fight? It, we voted um, on everything. So it was Bean and I, we had two votes. And then for most of when Ralph was there, he had the tie-breaking vote. So if I wanted to have Sam on and both of them voted no, I didn't get to have Sam on. That's sort of just how we ran it because it made the most sense. But I find him endlessly fascinating. So how did you get Ralph to vote for Armenian Comedian? I mean, probably it had been a long time since we had him on because I think everybody sort of just needed a break from him. Yeah, um, little, little bits. Except for when he got arrested for threatening to blow up the building, which was the greatest thing ever. I've got 177 clips of him on my uh, website. <laughs> and um, one of them from 2003 is like, wants to run for governor. And it was during the last recall election. I'll have yep. to listen back to that. But the thought of Sam talking about running for governor, who's uh, out of all the ego. He had the, the biggest ego in the I, world. No. He was mad at us the whole time because we were denying him his fame. We were the only ones putting him on. I that wish he had a breakfast, though. He sure did want that. I know. I, I, I would have done it. But I got voted <laughs> down hard on that one. Now, I've got like a four-hour chunk of the Armenian comedian. When you guys would go on vacation, I would get chunks of whatever. Doto, Dewan, Sam. So I've got like a four-hour chunk Whenever I tell people that, they just roll their eyes. They're like, you can't be serious. <laughs> Sadist. Oh, no, I'm down with that. I would I would have that much as well. I'll send it to you then. <laughs> yes, please. He's awesome. Um, going back to the other podcasts, um, I have a couple of clips from them uh, that have questions tied to those clips. This fucker took me to a soccer game. One of the galaxy. Tell me about you and soccer. Are you uh, a, a, even a casual fan of soccer, or do you hate soccer? Are you indifferent? Whatever. Like because well, I remember, oh, he... I remember the time. Like Kevin hated soccer with the heat of a thousand suns, and I think when his daughters started playing soccer, that's when he turned right. Yeah, remember he wrote an article for Stuff Magazine about how soccer was the shittiest sport in a, in the world. God yeah, man. and now he is soccer fan number one. Hardcore. I did write an article saying that ties are stupid, which is still true, and <laughs> that when soccer games got too boring, they should release another soccer ball from the ceiling and both are live. That would solve everything. But like then he's right. Omar's right. I, idea. I started, my daughter started playing club soccer. And I started like truly understanding the game and it really changed my whole view of it. Your daughter's getting you to read. Your daughter's getting you to like soccer. They're, they're the greatest. Aren't they? Yeah. I have, I have daughters too. And they're just the best. I, um, I, I honestly think that I was um, made to be a girl's dad, which I didn't think before, but I do now. I just yeah. think that that's, that's where I should be. 
And there was one time when Melissa asked me, hey, do you, are you upset that you didn't get a boy? And I said, I've never had that thought one time in my life. Girls I are like- better than guys. There's just, that's just a fact. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I can, I can see that angle. Definitely. Well, look I at you. Look at, look your at that point as well. Yeah. He also oh. has sons. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, my, daughter, my daughter is 12. And so um, when I, very soon I'll have to come to you for advice on how to navigate her through the teenage years that have Okay. (laughs) When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You were talking about soccer, and I wanted to add that one of my favorite bits was when you made your maid Lupita translate for you when you were watching the Spanish station. <laughs> it was such a great segment. Yeah, and then Melissa asked why no, no housework was done, and I said, I don't know. She, the maid was making fun of me. She came down, and she was like, Mr. Kevin, you don't understand any of this. And I said, no, sit down. Tell me about it. Wow. She was the best. And now the next clip I got is from Cup of Tea in a Chat or Cup of Tea in a Chat with Franks and Beans because this is when Frank Murphy sat in. Oh, okay. Uh, Listen to this one. Okay. So granted, I don't have all the details at my fingertips, but don't you think for Kevin who's writing a book about the Kevin and Bean show, I don't know. He should have at least talked to me once just to see if I had any like overview thoughts or if I had any. He hasn't. I've never been interviewed for the Kevin and Bean book. Well, he thinks he has, though. I think he must be he must be mistaken. He must think that he asked you about something. But oh, and Bean doesn't remember any of this. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, the two of you are having memory problems. Well, no, I mean, that that (laughs) has happened. Like there was a thing. And of course, I don't remember what it was that he wrote and said, what do you remember about this? And I said, I don't remember anything about it. And maybe he just took that. That's what he was referring to. Yeah, but maybe he just took that to mean that I don't remember anything about any of the time. I mean, I do still know some stuff that happened. I do still have some feelings about the show and how long it ran and the listeners and the station and the legacy and all of that. It's just it's no. he extrapolated it out to think that you just are a 30 year blank. Okay, so I. In, in his mind, it would be useless for him to waste his time speaking to me because I got nothing to contribute. But obviously, that's incorrect. He should talk to you. We've just learned right here, right now, that, that <laughs> this needs to happen. Should I be worried about this book? Because I do feel he did make that joke when he was on our show a few months ago. He said, Yeah, the only person who needs to worry about this when it comes out is Bean. And I'm like, What is it? Because I'm trying to think of what he has on me. Frank, do you have any hint on what I should be well, like? I think, I think for? also Jimmy Kimmel might be a little anxious. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. What's the question? Um, well, there's two of them. So have you talked to Bean about the book? Yes, which he forgot about, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> the first thing that I talked to him about, and when I say talk to him, maybe it was texting and maybe he's talking about not on the phone. But the first thing I wrote about was Confession Crime, which happened in 1990 and 91. And in 1991, we went to court for the FCC. And it was a crazy melee in there. They brought each one of us in by ourselves. 
and there were four lawyers for the FCC and there was one defense lawyer. And at one point they were all yelling at the same time. And then the, because they asked me who sat at my table at the Christmas party. And I said, honestly, I, I don't remember. I don't, it's not something that I like about myself, but I didn't remember. And they were all yelling. And then the judge started yelling at me. I was like, isn't the judge supposed to like call people and hold them in contempt if they don't think he was yelling at me? And I just remember, never forget this, never forget this, never forget this. This is the greatest thing ever. And I called Bean and I said, do you have, or I texted Bean and I said, do you have, you know, what are your thoughts on that, that time? And he said, we were in court with the FCC. <laughs> and this is something that stuck with me really and I have a terrible memory but that stuck with me in a huge way and I was like what do you mean you don't no I don't remember talking to the FCC at all and I was like oh man and I did extrapolate from that that he probably doesn't remember stuff I mean just because it was such a huge thing and the FCC was trying to take K-Rock's license away and they were trying to use us to do it and so to me, like, that's one of the biggest things ever. And he didn't remember any of it happened. So I have heard that. And I am going to reach out to him and say, tell me you're, I'm not trying to leave him out. But the truth is that I can only write about what happened from my point of view, because I know my mind and I know what I was thinking and I can't really write it from someone else's point of view. So it's not the Kevin and Bean show. It's my experience in the Kevin and Bean show. It's sort of the only thing I have actual access to. But True. I am going to uh, text him and ask him if he has any thoughts, because I don't want him to feel that way for real. <laughs> now, the yeah. second part is yes. what does Bean have to worry about? Um, nothing. I, I think nothing. He here's the thing. I'm not interested in a tell all type of book. Like, Oh, here's this person hated this person. And I don't think anyone wants to hear that. And I don't want to hear it. So I'm writing positively about everyone. And well, what, this is your chance to scare them though. So <laughs> that doesn't maybe... mean that everything being did um, wrong doesn't make the book, but really not. Like I, I give them a hard time sometimes about certain things. And then, and then I back up and go, yes, but we all, we made a hundred decisions a day. So considering that the fact that we had a, an occasional fight or just disagreement is it's a miracle that we got along that well. So that's sort of how I tell it. I don't tell it to try and get people to hate anyone. But I can see from his point of view, worrying about it because we did have some fights and I, and it is somebody else writing a book about your career. So that is a little scary. Is there an, is uh, an audio version of the book that you're planning on releasing? Yes. And narrating. I have, yes, I have to narrate one that's edited and one that's not edited. <laughs> I thought Ralph was just going to do his his impression of you reading the book. That was going to be Ralph, the audio book. Ralph's impression of me was always funnier than me. <laughs> I'll have him do it. That's a great tip. 
I feel like you you could have all the all the, all the care of personalities narrated, but I hope that we do get a, a Corinne Bell Ray outtake uh, session from that. I don't uh, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't that, like there's a lot to get through to get to that point. I'm just sending the first six chapters to my um, book agent, which I have, which is weird. Um, and it's you have kind a book agent, process. but you don't have a pair of pants. Correct. <laughs> that is correct. That's a good. Uh, that's a good insight. That's a life well lived, if you ask me. <laughs> that should be the title of the book. Yeah, exactly. I don't have a title except for the one being suggested, which is "Moments with Kevin." That would be great. Maybe yeah. that's the best idea I've heard so far. But then you could also do. Would you like to take that back? Who's the dick? <laughs> um, there's all those little segments. So it's quitters a little bit more generic. Up. Yeah, quitters never give up. There's a whole <laughs> bunch of different things you could put. But I do like a moment with and then like a dot, 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 because so much of what you guys did was on these short 10 minute segments, eight, 10 minute, whatever segments. So they were all moments along the way. So it has that deeper meaning, which is cool. Do you have any idea when it will be released? I don't know the publishing world at all. So I don't really know. I'm probably 95% done. I just need to finish a chapter on Bean's last day and then write about Rick D's and then I'm done. So Saving I, the best I, for I don't know how it works. Honestly, I think I'll be done with it within a, maybe a month. And then I don't know how publishing works or how long it takes or. Eventually we can find it wherever books are sold. Correct. Correct. Well, isn't Brad Meltzer helping you with the book? He is. Yeah. He's the one who put me in touch with the agent. Okay. So he said, I said, Brad, what do I need to do to write a book? And he said, well, you, you seem to have a pretty good voice. Why don't you just write it, write the whole thing. And then I'll take it from there. And I said, okay. So then I started writing and a lot of people ask if I have a ghost writer, because maybe I write like I talk, um, <laughs> but I don't, because I think you can tell, and I think you can tell that I'm writing it. Um, so I called Brad and I said, Hey, I'm, you know, 10 out of 12 chapters are done. And he said, here's a great agent. Set up a call with him. So I set up a call with him and he's my book agent and it's bizarre. It's a different world that I know nothing about. Well, if we know anything about Brad Meltzer, he publishes books like crazy. I bought all his, uh, ordinary people change the world segment or books yep. for my nieces and nephews but they come out all the time so yep. it might not be that long He's an amazing um, yeah he I is. don't I just don't yeah I don't know the process but I'll probably be done with it in about a month a month a <laughs> month <laughs> all right so then what do you know about the k-rock documentary um what do I know about it I mean I don't know of any progress as far as selling it to anyone. I don't know where I, I wasn't in on, like I wasn't making that. They just interviewed Bean and I, and, and a lot of times we didn't know if we could talk about stuff legally. So, but we did it's just <laughs> figuring that we wouldn't be there anymore. Um, I don't know what, what the process is right now. I think it's sort of stalled. Um, I think they were trying to sell it to, a showtime or someone else. And I don't know what happened. 
That's a good question. Showtime. That That's... would be cool. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. I know that, I think Jimmy and Adam are behind it. Okay. So I know I Adam's think, behind it. I, I didn't know about Jimmy. Yeah. But at least with Jimmy, that's a bigger audience. So yeah. that would be great. So, so I think it's sort of, uh, and I might be wrong about that. Because I <laughs> might be wrong about everything. <laughs> but I think it's them and I think it's they're selling it. And I think it's done. And they're trying to, like, for example, there's, there's one segment that's all about the early eighties and there's mm -hmm. one segment that, and there's, I think there's one segment on Bean and I and like just move along and they talk to a lot of artists and it looks amazing, but I don't know why. I don't know. They sent like a sizzle reel, they call it like a trailer and it had, they got every band in the world is talking about like yeah. they're interviewing Bono and yes. every band <laughs> in the world. We don't okay, know so what's uh, legal and what's not legal. Like I have a lawyer that I have to run my book through just to see right. if there's anything actionable. Is this one a, is this a lawyer you like finally? Yes. Oh, good. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Our fight with lawyers sucked, man. Mm -hmm. I hate lawyers. Um, I ended up watching the Rodney, uh, Rodney's documentary. Yeah. And it's still fascinating because I, I only, I know him and I love him because of the Kevin and Bean show, but it was still a fascinating documentary to watch. He doesn't and love us. He doesn't love you, but I love him because of you. So that works <laughs> either way, right? Okay, that's good. And so, and, but it's just fascinating. And there's this whole, the whole, the music scene in LA and Hollywood and all that stuff. So it really, it's, it's far more than just Kevin and Bean fans. No, no, it I is agree. music fans. It is so much more than that. So uh, moving on, Edwin has a bit of a grievance. Okay. Edwin, you want to take over sound? Uh, no, I, I put that up to the drive so he could play it. Oh, I wasn't Ooh. able to download it. Can you get it real quick? Janky. Janky. <laughs> Here's the setup on this. This was just when you guys were starting to like read emails on the air. Right. So I'm like, oh, maybe I can finally get something on the air. So this is what happened that day. But I would like to play something that a listener sent me. Okay. And uh, damn it if I, uh, my printer didn't work. So I, I tried to print out your email. I don't know your name. I apologize. Okay. <laughs> so I remember where I was when this happened. I was getting on the five freeway in Buena Park. And Kevin starts off the show this way. This was right after the montage. And I'm like, holy crap, I'm going to be on K-Rock. And then Kevin's like, yeah, I lost the email. <laughs> So you remember you used to do a bit, you're on the top of the mountain and you're in the bottom of the valley. So that was, <laughs> but I was forgiven at the end of the thing. It was when I, um, I roasted Dave about the Clippers losing and you guys played it like seven times that day. And Bean said, oh, that's Edwin. So all is forgiven, but it was just a funny story. I remember that top of the mountain, bottom of the valley. Yeah, that happened a lot to me, unfortunately. <laughs> and it made me feel bad, but I. Genuinely, in that moment, I didn't have it, so I didn't That's know what fine. to do. Kind of makes the story funnier. Great moments <laughs> always happen when you print out or don't print out certain parts of certain That's stories. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Thank you for bringing that up. No boom. <laughs> no boom. <laughs> to close us out, yes, yes, we have a game. I hope it doesn't involve my memory. Uh, well, <laughs> 
funny thing is the first question of this game, and I think everybody knows what the what the game is. So keep track of your score at home. Do you recall the title of the game that tests your knowledge? To test my knowledge? Yeah, on Kevin and Bean. Does Kevin know? Very good. See, you've already got it. Now, uh, do you recall, besides those words, any of the lyrics to the theme song? I think we'd all like to find out. All right, let's, yes. let's open this up. <laughs> Hold on, we'll Thank play you, Jen. it. Oh, no. Jen's clapping for me. Does Kevin know? Does Kevin know? Well, there seems to be some doubt. Does Kevin know? Does Kevin know? I think it's time we all found out. Well, we know he has some knowledge, but it might be pretty small. He thinks he went to college, but he really can't recall. Does Kevin know? Does Kevin know? I think it's time we all found out. And I'll tell you who was a genius at that is Bean and Ralph would come up with questions that I should absolutely know, but they knew I wouldn't remember. And that was the genius behind that because Bean would write questions and I would absolutely should know it. And he knew that, but he also knew that I would probably forget. Well, you're already 2-0 on knowing, so this right? is going well so far. So in our interview with Gia DeSantis, she brought up that you two were banned um, from the radio station that you, or the TV station that you worked with. From Do you Indios remember why? Mm -hmm. Because Bean said Debbie Boone was hot and that was the owner's daughter. Oh, Bean said that, Bean didn't said he? That. Okay, uh, okay, okay, okay. We, we heard oh, it was, we heard oh. it was you. No, no, it wasn't me. It was B. I remember that specifically because then we got banned. Okay. So that's very interesting because Gia's recollection, which oh, was aired no. on the podcast, was that you joked about banging Pat Boone's daughter and that's why you were banned. Um, I would trust Gia over me on that one. Okay. So maybe, wow. Yeah, wow. You did talk about that on the air many years back. And I was that it was me. That no, I got it was Bean. That it was Bean. But I think it's one of those things that may have started with Bean. Okay. Saying Debbie Boone is hot. And then we started making jokes about it. And then I may have said that. I would say if Gia said that, that you should trust her, not me. It's I'm like good. in sports, the second person who makes the push is the one who gets flagged. So foul, he yeah. started it and you got caught. <laughs> I'm going to call that a wash then because we, we don't have official confirmation. I feel like that's a I'll, I'll give him a point a for that. Come on. I, I'd give him a point because he remembered. Yeah. I'm going to take that, that as a win. Yeah. That's two okay. points, actually. So, speaking of Gia, do yes. you remember the TV show that she'd appeared on or the call letters of the TV station that you guys were all on? Um, request video. Ding. KDOC. Yes, Kevin. <laughs> I like how surprised you are. This is great. This is very exciting. Really a career of lowering everyone's expectations. So when I get the easiest stuff right, they cheer. <laughs> okay. Speaking of sports, you have a storied career as a first pitcher. <clears throat> uh, and you wrote a K-Rock article once about another inspiring first pitcher that was titled F.U. Guy with No. Legs. It was arms. <laughs> He was a first pitcher and he pitched with his legs. And that was just before me. Mm -hmm. Well, the guy's a war hero. 
Mm-hmm. That's how he lost his arms. And I, I was on the sideline going, I can't go next. I can't go next. This guy's a war hero. Why would you have me go next? Yeah. I would have paid anything to have you do it with your legs too. (laughs) I couldn't throw with my arm. What are you talking about? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, We reviewed a certain news story about a rapist in Lincoln Park. Do you know the name of the individual who went viral? Wow. Here's what I remember about that. I remember texting um, Mike Shinoda and saying, have you seen this? Because there's going to be a lot of people talking about Lincoln Park and it's not you. And he found that so funny. Shoot, what was his name? I got this for the save. I don't remember. Okay. Now, before I I say the answer, do you remember the song? The song? So they auto-tuned him speaking about this. Hide and your that kids, was hide your hide your kids. Very good. Yeah. Yep. So it was Antoine Dodson. And Antoine well, Dodson, of course. Obviously, okay. there's a rapist in Lincoln Park. Now, do you recall any of the other auto tunes that the Gregory brothers came out with that year? Because there were a lot. That year? What? Um, oh, it was just like a string of, of them. That was like when they were the most famous. They were auto-tuning um, a bunch of wow. different things. Wow. I love those. And no. The one that we reviewed most recently was the Double Rainbow song. Oh, Double Rainbow. Double Rainbow all the way. The the only reason we know this, Kevin, is because I do a 2010 show, a flashback to 2010. And 2010, it was the Christian Bale rant. It was Antoine Dodson, Double Rainbow guy. It was a Winnebago man. It was just crazy viral video after viral video. So it was like a banner year for that. That was a magical year. That's the only reason we know it. Okay. All right. One of our favorite memories of Christmas is the QVC prank that backfired on you all. Uh, do you remember what the item was that you were purported to buy for Lisa May? Was it a necklace or a ring? Not the not the cheap stuff. The, oh, the one that was. Oh, okay. oh, 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 oh. Yeah. An expensive TV. Very good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Yes. Bean said his final goodbye on the show much earlier than his coworkers. Will Kevin know the exact date of said final goodbye? November 8th, 2019. According to Kevin Stockdale, it was the 7th, but I would trust your memory a lot better than his. No, no, no. Kevin Stockdale knows. That's pretty close, though. That's close, though. Yeah, I'd give him a point for that one. I, I would. <laughs> it's one day. I you think, think uh, I would, you think I would fudge that number and go with and not, not not correct that if I had it wrong? I mean, that's back when I was recording and editing everything up. The Shut up! I Kevin. feel pretty confident in that. Oh. <laughs> boom. <laughs> um, There's no you, boom. No, no boom. No boom. Do you say any? Speaking of no boom, do you say any phrases from the show still in your daily life? Um. Yeah, I'm sure I do. Um. But now it makes no sense to anyone. (laughs) I think we all have that experience. I mean, I'll give you a perfect example is that I love booing. Booing is great. And you don't have to use the English language to show your displeasure. So I'll boo people and I'm just a weirdo. Like who's out by themselves booing someone? 
And so I, I do do that kind of stuff. And then I go, oh, I'm not in the safe, safe space where this is something we do. But yeah, I do that stuff all the time. Wait, so how many times do you boo in a day? Does this um, happen every day? Are you at the grocery store and they give you the wrong change? Boo! No, but I would. I would if they gave me the wrong change. Um, no, He's Mr. Bad example of that. No. <laughs> It's just something that I feel like adults should do more. And I'm on my own. Yes, for sure. Well, we're with you. (laughs) Well, then you guys start booing people. Okay. I I, I boo people at work. I have to admit that. You've done that. It's happened. I've done it in real life. People looked at me like I'm the madman. I'm like, no, you don't know. Right. Right. You feel like an idiot. Same. Well, here's what's funny. So I live in the forest. I'm around very few people ever. And they're not the, they're not from Los Angeles. They don't know Kevin and Bean. They're not really into the whatever's the latest TV show, whatever. But what's funny is I can bring all those uh, booing and uh, take a drink and a month to these people. <laughs> and they just look at they look at me and laugh. And the thing is, it doesn't matter because it comes from such pure joy that that joy is what's contagious. Yeah, and so, so you're starting a bunch of stuff in the woods. Nice. I am totally in the forest and um, with very few people and it's very low. <laughs> but at the same time, it doesn't matter. I walked around the last week going, I'm going to interview Kevin of the Kevin Bean Show. I'm Linus and I will stick to it. <laughs> And nobody got it, but they got the joy that it brought me. That makes me happy. So if nothing else, that's what it's all about. That and if our happy. little dumbass podcast can bring joy to others, so be it. And I love Kevin and Sluggo. Kevin and Sluggo. Part of it was uh, the old Kevin and Bean, because of Kevin Stockdale, kept me completely sane through all the nonsense going on. So now I can take everything you guys have done as Lindsay, Christopher, Eddie, myself, Drew, and <clears throat> make it better for the next, the next level. Is there anything that you would like to promote or talk about? I know I'm sure your charity is still going strong. It is. Yes. Although it's been really difficult because of the pandemic. So, and the real problem with the charity and the pandemic is that men were home for a year more and domestic violence went up 40% last year because of that. And so that's a super bummer. And then also we can't have the events that we had because of the pandemic. And yeah, it's a, it's been a difficult time. How many years have you had that now, the charity? Uh, 20, let's see. A lot. 25 years, maybe. Oh, very nice. But it's really not me at all. You guys know that, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You were just the pretty face, the cover. I say I'm just a spokesmodel. <laughs> oh, we, de- we definitely know. I've been supporting you guys for about a decade now. In fact, ever <laughs> since you told me about it on the air that I have been supporting, whether I've, I haven't lived in the LA area in a decade, and I still support it because you, you, Thank you guys benefit a good cause and i understand with the pandemic like things have changed even getting supplies to families so like i i i am glad to support you with everything you want to do with it thank you that's very nice that's very kind i appreciate that 
Yeah, it's been a rough year and so rough that like for back to school, we gave back to school backpacks, but also food coupons. I mean, they just need food, some of them. And that's yeah. heartbreaking. So thank you to you guys and to everybody else who donates to that. That's an amazing thing. But that was another example of how, even though you guys thought you were just chuckleheads, when you did something, anything for charity, the K-Rock audience responded. I agree. So you guys really created a community. I don't think you really give yourself credit for that. And that was one example. People well, really I mean, gave and really cared. No, I, I am very moved by that because when I would bring it up or we would talk about it, the response would be overwhelming. And it was, I never took that for granted. It was always crazy amazing. And again, like, it's like, how do you say thank you to everybody? It's not possible. So is it wrong that I have my last question is, did you ever nail Beer Monk's mom? <laughs> yeah! Question. <laughs> That's how you end a show. Let's go. Right? That's the way to go. The only reason I found that funny is because every day I could walk in and just look at Beer Mug and nod. <laughs> uh, the answer is no. No. How about Nancy Leader? Didn't you want to marry her? Oh, right. She was, a psychic? was she a psychic? Uh, she, she was the Planet X. Yes. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I made jokes about marrying her too, but no. She was the one that got away. She was, yeah. She was the one who uh, essentially inspired Puppy Lake. Ah! She was going to put her dogs down because of the impending doom. Because the world was going to end. I totally why is it, why does this keep coming up with Puppy Lake? Because I can't stop thinking about Puppy Lake. <laughs> I totally forgot about her. She was crazy. I also, the cat lady now. come in and promote the cat show. I love it. Oh, but that's cat ones. I did yes. tweet that you guys were actually getting married, but it, it didn't really take off. <laughs> but she loved, here's a great thing about you and the cat lady. You loved poking at each other. Yes. And that's what made it so great. It wasn't that you were dissing on her. It, it, was, it was you guys were both. And she was quite good with all her little she was, forever yes. homes and perfect. And, and I'll be honest with you. I work with an animal rescue and I steal from her shit every day. Good. That's good. But I'll tell you how that came about is we just, we said this woman wants to come on and talk about a cat show. And at the time I hated cats. So I said in the meeting, listen, I can't guarantee that I'm going to be nice. I just want everybody to know that before we vote. And then I voted no and everybody else voted yes. And so she came in and I'm pretty sure like the King of Mexico um, prepped her <laughs> That I was going to sort of come at her and she was ready for me every time. Yeah. Every time she was good. Wait, wait. So you, you turned like around on cats too? I turned around on cats because oh my, my daughter God. has a cat and it makes her happy. And so now I love cats. Oh, that's one of the biggest shock of the show. Not all of them. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Hers is great, but most of them. Cats can there's, still there, be dicks. There's a lot of dick cats. Trust me. Yes, agreed. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about raccoons, shall we, Kevin? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> have, you have you turned around on raccoons? <laughs> I have not. No, raccoons are dicks. They've always they been are. dicks. They always will be dicks. They are, but they're so good, cute. No. Mm, yeah, until mm. you see the, all the disease they have. I know. Well, I live in the forest, so I see all of it. Oh, sure. <laughs> until they eat your turtles. I was 
I was two waiting turtles. for the raccoons in our front yard with a BB gun, a rifle. Yeah. <laughs> with my daughter. And yep. we were having a ball. We were target shooting and everything else. And finally, she said to me, you're not really going to shoot a raccoon, are you? And I said, no, of course not. And we went back inside. And you did. I I was, that was my plan. <laughs> Again, kids won me zero. <laughs> this has Real been so goddamn amazing and lovely. And thank you so much for the time and answering all our dumbass questions and taking the time. This has just it, been amazing. It's amazing and I can't that, you guys thank are, you. that you guys are making podcasts about our show. That's crazy. Okay, so my oh, boyfriend. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> no, so my boyfriend you. is from the forest. <laughs> he tries to explain to other people, what do you do? I'm like, well, I make a podcast about a podcast. <laughs> and it's like, but that's kind of it. But it's, t- it's and like Bean said it best. It's talk soup for the Kevin and Bean creative yeah, universe. True. And because we love it so much. And the truth is, it just has brought so much joy and happiness even through a pandemic and through all the bullshit we've been through the last 18 months. And I don't know that I, Kevin Stockdale didn't know what he was doing. You guys didn't know what you were doing. We don't even know what we're doing. It was just bringing positivity and joy and love. And that's all we're trying to continue doing. And so thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you guys. Thank you for coming on. It was great. Thank you guys. Yes. Goodbye, everyone. Night, so guys. Thank you, Kevin. Bye. 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 Love you guys. Thanks so much for listening to our Kev Dog interview. Um, in part one, we played a clip of Kev Dog doing a Taco Bell themed cover of a Spin Doctor song. It's not a sentence I ever thought I would say. The archive does have the full segment, so we thought we'd play it to close out our magical time with the Kevin Ryder. Um, Happy New Year, everyone. Follow us on Twitter at Quitters Never, Instagram at Quitters Never Give Up. Leave us a voice message. Call right now, and we'll get right back to you. Lisa, we told you a few moments ago that Kevin is having big tax problems. This year, we think we've got a way out of the hole. With me on the phone is uh, the, the, the answer to my problems. Mm-hmm. Her name is Ginger. Hello, Ginger. Good morning. She is the uh, Senior Director of Creative Services for Taco Bell. Check mm-hmm. her out. That's right. <laughs> now, were you responsible for, uh, in some small part, for Willie Nelson doing the Taco Bell commercials? Well, I was uh, part of the team, yes. Check that out. He got off the bus <laughs> at the border, went up, drove the woman with a red tattoo. And so, Willie's having all kinds of tax problems. He does a Taco Bell commercial. Boom, he's in the, he's in the red. <laughs> are the Taco Bell spots with Willie pretty popular, Ginger? Yes, they are. are they, they really are. They're doing a, a lot of good things. For us. Are they kicking the butt of those little Richard spots? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've had several successes in the last year. I'll put it that way. Well, Ginger, you're you're about to have another one. Let me just say that because we are uh, we're auditioning for you here for a Taco Bell commercial. That's what we want. We figure, hey, if I can get a Taco Bell commercial, boom, my problems are solved. Hey, before we waste our valuable time and effort, though, is there big dough in doing the Taco Bell commercials? Yes, there is. Oh. There's big dough. Now we're talking. Oh. Now we're getting somewhere. Strap yourself in and because you're holding on to the tail of a comet right now, Ginger. <laughs> oh, my God. When you hear some of the songs that my friend Kevin has put together for Taco Bell, uh, you're just going to be amazed. This is kind of a, li- a live audition. Okay. All right. Uh, this is Kevin Taco Bell audition take one. Just a working idea. We can change things around if you need us to. just one working idea. Under the taco shell is where I find some meat. See, because the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Ginger, are a real popular band. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Interesting is not good. Okay, All right, hold Kevin, on. Taco Bell Edition, take two. Yeah, this- 
group called the Spin Doctors. I just thought we'd... I could dress in funny outfits too, Ginger. Yeah, if you want to eat a taco, then go to Taco Bell. And if you want to eat some nachos, then go to Taco Bell. And if you want to eat a burrito, then go to Taco Bell. And if you want another burrito, <laughs> then go to Taco Bell. The lyrics need a little work on that one. But not I, I like singing. the voice, though. That's, that's, that's good. Kevin. Kevin, did you run out of rhymes? The lyrics, yeah. is that what happened there? <laughs> I ran out of uh, menu items. Yeah, so. <laughs> Ginger, trust us. The kids are into the spin doctors, okay? I can hear that. All right, number three. This one I think you really dig. I, I know what you're thinking, that, the lyrics. <laughs> that perhaps the Beastie Boys aren't as hot as they once were, but trust us on this one. Could I hear that one again? you got to fight for your right to tacos! you got to fight for your right to tacos. Yeah, could I hear that one again? Really? Yeah. No. No, no, you okay. can't. No, you can't. It doesn't get better the second time you hear it. <laughs> it no, it really doesn't. We have a couple more for you. You know, Sting is kind of an upper class kind of a jazz. He might appeal to all ages and uh, sexes, is what we're thinking. Kevin, Taco Bell audition number four. Seems like 40. It certainly does, doesn't it? Taco Bell. That's all. That's all I got. That's <laughs> that one doesn't really go on for very long. <laughs> I just thought that might be good. All right. Do you have any more for her? You ever hear the song Detachable Penis Ginger? No, I haven't heard no. that one. No. Big recent I number woke one. Up this morning and I was really hungry, so I went to Taco Bell and I wanted to get a Bell Beefer. But they said they didn't have that because they haven't sold that since 1986. So I left, but then I came back because I was still really hungry and I wanted to eat there. So I asked for a cinnamon crispas, and they told me that they're called, they're not called that anymore, that they're called cinnamon twists or something. So I went down by the, and hung out by the drugstore and looked for a job. Kevin, I don't think any of them are selling the Ginger, ad people. so far? Well, I... Let I, me just say this. Yeah. The big guns. Yeah. But now we're bringing out the one that we think is going to go. Oh. And I swear to you, that Bean and I think that you should... It, obviously, you're not going to use us, but if you used anyone, this one. We really do have the next campaign for you, Ginger. We're not joking about this. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. This is big now. Are you sitting? I'm sitting. All right, here we go. Hey! 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 <laughs> hey! Hey! Taco! 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 Come on. Ginger, I'm not sure if you realize it, but the 70s are back in a big way. Oh, yeah. Well. If you could get the village people. Ginger, I don't sense is I don't excited sense. about. Would you wear the Indian costume? I, absolutely. As, okay. if, as long as no. I could be in the construction outfit. <laughs> yeah, that would make it. Now, Ginger, we're on the phone with Ginger, who works with Taco Bell and has a lot to do with their advertising. We, um, you have we, some good news for me, Ginger? We can tell you're undecided. <laughs> We can see that you're undecided, and maybe you need some time to think about it and then get back to it. Yeah, I'm overwhelmed. I really yeah. am. Well, um, so many good ideas. I can yeah, see why. Yeah, I think I'll have to get back to you. <laughs> yeah, that's famous last word. You've got a plate full of, of precious diamonds there. How do you choose just one? It's true. Well, Ginger, you guys are doing some good work. We happen to, and this is not a paid advertisement, we happen to be big Taco Bell fans, and anything you can do to help us out, seriously, get back to us. Okay. Thank you, Ginger. Thanks Thank for talking to us. Bye. Bye. Bye now. That was a complete bust, huh? <laughs> I don't think she necessarily went for any of them. Oh, you watch. You watch in a couple of weeks. You're going to have Taco Taco, man, and I'm going to be pissed.
The end.